Once a year, a strange day rolls around. It's marked by children asking candy from strangers in North America. It's marked by costumes and disguises in many places worldwide. It is a day marked by days of festivities, celebrating life and its mirror, death. Sometimes it is merely a day for giving thanks. It is not just one day, however. It is a trio. Three days celebrating life, death, harvest, and even religious figures, though it wasn't always for that. Its deeper meanings lost, at least, in North America's view behind capitalism and clever marketing ads. For us here at the Spoop Files, Halloween is every day. But what about the two days that follow it? We'll tell you all about it here on the Spoop Files. I'm your host, Maya. And I'm your co-host, Alex. And, uh... And as you'll notice by that silence, uh, we seem to be missing somebody. Yes. So, we were supposed to have a guest today telling us all about spooky things, but we had some scheduling conflicts, so he's going to be um, visiting with us at a later date to talk about said spooky things. Let's just say that he's down in Georgia having one hell of a time. Yeah, that's a that's a really good way to put it. So yeah, so no, he'll be he'll be back at a later date. We have an idea of when we want to have him back, so uh, everything should be good. It will be season two, so it'll even be a little bit higher production value probably. But yes. uh, you are currently joining us at the conclusion of our season one. Yeah. So pardon us for the mess. <laughs> it's certainly a mess. It's it's been a mess. Yeah, we should we should be okay. Um, it's possible that there may not be a behind the spoop this week. Just for anybody that is a Patreon patron, uh, we're gonna do our best, but we are kind of under a time constraint and whatnot. So we are uh, doing what we can. Either way, maybe um one of us will post something up for you guys just to have an extra goodie. We'll see. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Also, uh, because we kind of had to scramble this week, we decided to change gears a little bit, and we're doing something that we think everybody will probably find. A good amount of fun. Um, and so, as Maya kind of dis- uh, covered in the intro, we are looking at three different holidays that take place all basically one after the other. So we're going to cover some events um, occurring around the spookiest and best holiday of the year, Halloween. Um, <laughs> basically meaning you get like a brief historical sum up um, and some fun factoids about uh, Halloween or uh, Samhain. Um all Saints Day and the Feast of the All Saints, and Dia de los Muertos. Yes, and I'm so excited. However, we also kind of switched it up this week, so for some reason I'm covering the religious holiday and Alex is covering the Spanish holiday. Yeah, I, uh, Maya, Maya mentioned that and, like, we tried to figure it out and I was like, I mean, you, you speak Spanish, so, like, do you want to cover the Spanish one? And she's like, no, I want to, uh, laugh at you when you mispronounce things and, uh, just get things wrong in general. Public ridicule. Yes, as you may have seen from our, uh, Instagram account. Yes. This so, is why she is the big meanie. Um, I'm terrible, but I love it. So... There may be some cor- me correcting of Alex's terrible Spanish. We'll, we'll see. It may not be that bad. He may surprise me, and then I will apologize like the bigger person that I am. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let I, I think we should dive right in here and um, talk about some fun things that have happened on today. 
through history. Fun things, huh? So, Halloween. I mean, we all know it's October 31st. Um, so some fun things that have happened. Uh, in 445 BC, Ezra reads the Book of Law to the Israelites in Jerusalem. That's cool. That is very cool. Um, one of my personal favorites uh, is a little bit after that. Um, the Protestant Reformation. This day in 1517, <laughs> Martin Luther sends his 95 theses to uh, Albrecht von Brandenburg, the Archbishop of Mainz, uh, precipitating the Protestant Reformation. Right. I'd forgotten about that. Basically, he That's, nailed this uh... list of things he didn't like about the Catholic Bible uh, to the door of a church. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. Henceforth creating it's, the Protestant it's Church. All, my favorite thing about any time that the Catholic Church splits or that like any, sorry, I guess just Christianity in general splits or like there's any sort of thing like that, it's usually because of some form of like trivial disagreement that the Catholic Church is just like, no. Right? Because like that's the whole thing with Anglicanism too, right? Is that he literally made his own religion because the Catholic Church wouldn't let him divorce his wife. Yeah, that was the King of England, right? So, yeah, it makes me so happy. <laughs> it's like, fuck I, you. I know. It's it's going to be great. It's it's so good. Um, another cool thing that happened this day, uh, 1541, Michelangelo uh, finishes the paintings of The Last Judgment in the Sistine Chapel in Vatican City. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, 1587, Leading University Library opens its doors after founding in 1575. Where did you say it was, sorry? Uh, Leiden University? Leiden University? Oh. Okay, know, okay, cool. sorry, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, 1596, English and French and Dutch delegates sign anti-Spanish Triple Covenant. <laughs> I mean, that's fun, right? Fuck the Spaniards. <laughs> uh, music premiere in 1724, George Frederick Handel's opera Tamerlano premieres at King's Theatre in London. Okay, okay. In 1756, Giacomo Casanova escapes from prison in Venice by climbing onto the roof. Nice. Nobody uh, ever checks the roof. No, right? Um, there's a bunch of battles. Ooh, 1815, Cornishman Sir Humphrey Davy patents minor safety lamp. Oh, cool. Um, 1846, the Donner Party, unable to cross the Donner Pass, construct a winter camp. Hey, they ain't no party like a Donner Party. No, we'll cover them sometime, but that's a fun time. Any of you who know about the Donner Party knows that that was not a good time. It was not a party. Yeah, yeah. Um, 1863, the Maori Wars resumed as British forces in New Zealand, led by General Duncan Cameron, began their invasion at Waikato. Uh, Wake oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, 1864, Nevada admitted as the 36th state of the Union. Nice. Nevada's birthday is Halloween. 1868, standard uniform approved for U.S. postal carriers. <laughs> nice. Um, 1876, the Great Backer Gange Cyclone of 1876 ravages British India, modern-day Bangladesh, over 200,000 killed. Wow. Oh. Jesus. Um, 1887, Nikolai Rimsky's Nikolai Rimsky Korsakov's Cabricio Espanol premieres in St. Petersburg. Um, 1888, Scottish vet John Boyd Dunlop patents the pneumatic bicycle tire. Pneumatic. Nice. I have to thank that man because otherwise I would not be getting to work every day. Right. Um, 1889, the Exposition Universelle World's Fair in Paris closes after 32 million visitors. 
that's a that's a lot of people at the time, especially. Yeah, uh, we'll be talking about this man possibly later as well. In 1892, <laughs> Arthur Conan Doyle publishes The Adventures of Sherlock Holmes. Wait, he published the first the first book on Halloween. Yeah, I love that man, bro. If we get to the part that I want to record as well today, we'll talk about Arthur Conan Doyle. If not, we're going to record it for a special episode because, like, dude, Arthur Conan Doyle is the spookiest. He is. He is. Um, In 1906, George Bernard Shaw's Caesar and Cleopatra premieres in New York City. Mm. Um, 1908, the fourth Olympic Games end in London. Nice. Uh, 1913. Were they first- summer or winter? I don't know. I think this is before they split them. Okay, because I was going to say, that'd be really late in the season for summer, but really early for winter. I think that's before they split the Olympics into two. I think you're right, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um, 1913, first U.S. paved coast-to-coast highway, the Lincoln Highway, is dedicated. Nice. 1914, Great Britain and France declare war on Turkey. Oh, yeah, that was on Halloween, wasn't it? Um, 1918, the Spanish flu kills 21,000 in the U.S. in one week. Ooh. Um, 1922, Benito Mussolini becomes premier of Italy. Mm-hmm. Um, what else we got here? 1926, failed assassination attempt on Benito Mussolini by 15-year-old Anteo Zamboni, who was lynched on the spot. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. 1936, the Boy Scouts of the Philippines were formed. Yes. 1937, the Spanish government moves from Valencia to Barcelona. Nice. Um, 1940, deadline for Warsaw Jews to move to the Warsaw Ghetto. Sad. Very. 1941, Mount Rushmore Monument is completed. Oh, wait, they were doing that during the war? Yeah. Wow. 1941, also, prior to U.S. joining World War II, German submarine U-552 torpedoes U.S. destroyer Reuben James near Iceland. Right. Um, 1942, a U-boat sinks and damages 120 Allied ships. Whoa, Jesus Christ. Or there were that many ships damaged in the month. That sentence is unclear. Um, so, like, okay, okay. The way that you said it the first time, it sounded like they, like, just expended their entire payload. Like, we're going down. We're taking all of you <laughs> with us. That's what it looked like. Um, yeah, that's a lot of... fifty-two Damage. The first thermonuclear bomb detonated at Marshall Islands. Wait, that... Yeah. Uh... <laughs> uh, 1953, TV broadcasting begins in Belgium. Hey! Um, there's a bunch of other TV broadcasting... 1959, Lee Harvey Oswald announces in Moscow that he will never return to the USA. Gee, I wonder why. Um, Hurricanes, some other horror films. Um, 1963, J. Edgar Hoover's last meeting with President John F. Kennedy. Oh, yes. He was the first FBI director. That's fun. 1964, Barbara Streisand's People album goes number one for five weeks. Yeah. Um... 1968, U.S. President Lyndon B. Johnson orders a halt to all bombing in North Vietnam. Uh, 1968, U.S. performs nuclear tests at Nevada test site. 1969, George Harrison's Something is released in the U.K. Mm. Um, 1970, Jim Morrison is sentenced to six months in jail and a $500 fine for indecent exposure and open profanity. (laughs) Yeah, he was. 1974, Ted Bundy victim Laura Amy appears in Utah or disappears in Utah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1975, Bob Geldof's first appearance on the Boomtown Rats. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know that we're going to cover that case on this show, but uh, that's that's an interesting case. The Brenda Ann Spencer case. Right. The shooting of the uh, Cleveland Elementary School. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's neat. <sighs> yeah. Oh, shit. Uh, 1982, Pope John Paul II becomes first pontiff to visit Spain. Oh. Um, 1982 as well, Pope John Paul II canonizes Canadian Margaret Bourgeois. Bur- oh, shit, French. Bourgeois. Bourgeois? No, it's not bourgeois. Bourgeois. Oh. What? It's, it's It starts like it's going to be bourgeois, and then it's E-O-I-S at the end. E-O-I-S at the end. Yeah, that's bourgeois. Okay, whatever. It's it's still bourgeois. It's just, it's different. Yeah, French is weird. All right. So she was the founder of the <laughs> Congregation of Notre Dame of Montreal. Ah. Uh, 1983, Paul McCartney releases Pipes of Peace. Um, 1984, Indian Prime Minister uh, Indira Gandhi is assassinated by her bodyguards. Yeah. 1992, okay. Roman Catholic Church reinstates Galileo Galilee after 359 years. <laughs> Better late than never. <laughs> Um, 1993, rapper Tupac Shakur charged with aggravated assault. Uh, 2003, Mahathir Mohammed resigns as Prime Minister of Malaysia and is replaced by Deputy Prime Minister, making an end to Mahathir's mm. 22 years in power. Wow. 2003, Bethany Hamilton, age 13, has her arm bitten off by a shark while surfing in Hawaii. Oh, is that? Yeah, okay. She's the one from Soul Surfer, I think. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Okay. Um, there's some baseball stuff, some... Oh, there's something about... I think this was the day that Seabiscuit won or something. Nice. Something like that. I don't... Or, yeah, something like that. And then a bunch of things about, uh... Oh, 2017! Takahiro Shirashi arrested in Zama, Japan a day after nine dismembered bodies were found in his apartment. Right. I remember um, that. This uh, this day last year there was also a terrorist attack in New York, when the the guy yep. mowed down the people. Yep. Yeah. Wow, 2017 was 2017 was a great year. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, just just a great year. Anyway, so yeah, that's the highlights of October 31st in history. Yeah. So. So what you're saying is that October 31st seems to be a pretty significant date. Apparently. Okay. I wonder why that is. I wonder. How about you tell us about it, Alex? Well, I can tell you a little bit about it. it uh, it's funny because October 31st actually doesn't figure hugely into the uh, description of the first holiday we're going to look at. But it, or holiday is kind of a loose term for that. Um, but it now does because of Christianity. But we'll right. get to that. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get into that and kind of why this time of year it was chosen for this kind of stuff. But uh, tell us about sort yeah. of... What people think the origin of Halloween possibly is. Well, and I feel confident saying that I think that it is probably the closest origin to Halloween. So, if you're from North America, Halloween is likely an ingrained part of your psyche, one of those holidays that just seems to be universally celebrated and respected. I mean, literally everybody and their mother has a friend, or more accurately, has many friends that uh, like to dress up for Halloween, like to go out, like to party, do all that fun stuff. We all, with the exception of, I guess, Jehovah's Witnesses and whatnot, all of us in Canada basically trick-or-treated when we were kids. We did all that fun stuff. It was a great time. Even folks on other continents seem to have an understanding of what Halloween is, even if they don't celebrate it with quite as much vigor as us North Americans. True. However, like most things North American... Halloween has evolved from an old Gaelic import, Sawween. So, 
Samhain is one of four Celtic festivals that's celebrated throughout the year, and it's widely considered to be the most important. So Samhain was the beginning of the Celtic New Year, and because the ancient Celts believed that the night preceded the day, Samhain was celebrated at dusk. So Samhain is also widely associated with the Fire Festival, and I'm not talking about that train wreck of an event that landed Billy McFarland in jail. Um... The fire festival was a festival wherein all fires in the land are completely extinguished, and then they all have to be relit from the communal fire that was basically set up at the Hill of Ward, which here's one that I'm probably going to mispronounce, was also known as Lachka. I don't think that's probably right, but I don't know because there was no pronunciation guide and Gaelic is weird. (laughs) (laughs) Sawin was when the barriers between the world of the living and the other world, which was the world of gods and spirits, was said to be weakest, and was therefore considered a very dangerous day. So, a lot of North American Halloween traditions find their roots in Samhain rituals. For example, Samhain observers would dress themselves in costumes and wear masks so as to disguise themselves from evil spirits and monsters that may cross over from the other world to do harm. Mm. What does that sound like? Lots of things. <laughs> sure. If I know, I, I, just, I just think of, trapped... like, the witching hour, and, like... Well, I was meaning specifically the dressing up in costumes and masks. Oh. It's a very popular Halloween. Yes. So, we're actually getting to that. If one found themselves trapped by such a monster, they would find themselves subject to some form of trick. Though, the tricks played by these monsters tended to be a lot more mean-spirited than what the modern practice is. Offerings to dead relatives were also left out in order to promote prosperity and good fortune in the coming year. So this practice gave rise to the treat portion of Halloween, where children go from house to house collecting offerings. The children basically filling the role of the dead relatives and whatnot. Another thing that I didn't mention in the write-up here, but the other side of the trick-or-treat side, and specifically because it's trick-or-treat, if you didn't leave anything out for your relatives and you didn't leave anything out for the spirits, you would be basically cursed with just bad luck and terrible fortune and whatnot for the next year. So you definitely didn't want to do that because things would not go well for you. It definitely sounds a lot like kind of just general trickster god fun and... Well, and that's exactly it. The um, the uh, Celtic gods are definitely some of the trickiest creatures because they're they're human, but they're also not. Like the Celts were really, really obsessed with ancestry. Right. So the Celts could basically trace their lineage back all the way to these original settlers because the entire the creation story for the Celts is really weird because unlike most places they don't actually tell you where they came from they tell you where their ancestors came from because their ancestors came to the land and basically took it over and then that's where their mythology starts essentially is at that point where they've come and taken over the land right um so it's it's not even a proper beginning it's just like it's it, and I think part of the I, ugh, I think part of the reason for that is because the Celts believed a lot in circular things. They believed that everything goes in circles. Day follows night, or yeah, day follows night. The seasons pass one after the other all the time, the same way. Um, time essentially seems to go in the same sort of direction. So it makes sense that they would assume that things that happened at the beginning could also be things that happened at the end. Right. So I think that's probably why they don't have like a solid starting point, because I think the idea is that this is something that has happened before. This is just the most recent version of it. Right. Was them coming to 
Ireland and then basically taking over and doing that. Because the Celts are also a lot like the Norse in that they were absolutely conquerors and, like, would just fuck the shit out of whoever they ran into. Right. Like, for a long time, they actually had a treaty with the Romans back when the Roman Empire was still going on. They had a few, like, treaties and whatnot that they wouldn't fuck with each other. And then the Romans at one point broke a treaty. And so the Celts that were on the mainland just, like, stormed Rome and sacked Rome. And then, like, we're like, yep, okay, we're good. And then left, basically. (laughs) Right. So, like, they, they, they were, they were an interesting people. So, where was I going here? Oh, yeah. Okay, so the other thing about it, too, is that much of the superstition that's associated with Halloween also found its beginning in Samhain. Going out undisguised was inadvisable, and places of death, such as cemeteries, were to be avoided at all costs, because while the barrier between the worlds was weak everywhere on that day, it was weakest in places where death had taken place, because the barrier is already naturally weaker in those spots, because there are spirits that basically linger in that area. Right. So you would not go anywhere near a cemetery. Like, that was... You were guaranteeing that you were going to have some sort of encounter either with a spirit or potentially also with Don. So Sawin was the purview of Don, who is the Gaelic god of death. Right. And he basically drowned in the days of antiquity. So what had happened, actually, this is to do with their actual, uh, with their origin story, is that when they were coming to the island, there were, uh, oh, they used the term druids for, like, any wizard, but there were druids on the island, basically, that cloaked it in, like, storm and whatnot. So the, oh, what did they call themselves? It was the Fomorians on land. They were the, I, I cannot for the life of me remember right now. But basically, the people that became the Irish, the uh, the Celtic, right? They uh they were sailing around the island and sailed in, but then these storms appeared because the druids summoned the storms, and so they had to sail back out to the ocean. And they went around the island three times, and that's another big thing: is that three is a very important number to the Celts. Yes, not entirely certain why, but they have a lot of triple goddesses, triple gods. Like, it's... Um, it's interesting. It's it's also a historical thing in terms of, like, threes repeating. It's, it, there's a reason, like, groups of three you see a lot even now today. Um, some people mm. consider groups of three lucky. Uh, you have the trinities. There's lots of trinities. This is true. Um, even video games still use groups of three uh, relics or symbols in a lot of things. Be- and it, it, yes. So it's something that's lasted into into mo- like modern day um but like most notably yeah, like no, 100%. the catholic trinity and oh, i'm just thinking like the triforce in legend of zelda well <laughs> yes that's very accurate and well in the three creator creator uh, goddesses in legend of zelda right um but uh, there, there's, there's but, a lot uh, of um, which is where the triforce comes from <laughs> that have th- groups of three yes well it's actually it's i think it's funny that you mentioned christianity because i feel like the father son holy spirit thing actually is kind of a um it's kind of a pull from celtic mythology oh definitely because if you look into it if you look into it uh, i think luke was the son of i can't remember his name but he's like basically like the father deity for them um and there were three of them but i the only name i remember is is logs um but essentially also when christianity arrived they basically took Don, who was the god of death, and he wasn't exactly a bad guy. He he was just kind of, like, neutral. The entire thing about the Fey folk is that they just kind of have, like, blue and orange morality, where they, they're they not the same as us, 
and like they have a completely different view of what's fair and what's not and all right. that sort of stuff. The one thing that is like very big about the fair folk is that they are they are just they stick to rules like nothing else. Rules are like the one thing that is their absolute. Um but when Christianity arrived, they saw Don as the god of death and they're like, "Okay, how can we how can we edit this so that our religion will work?" Because that's what Christianity does, is it doesn't destroy, it just kind of adapts, because that's way easier to do. <laughs> it's way and easier to kind of, like, Don... slowly shift people's beliefs than outright say, like, look, you can't do this anymore. Exactly. So they basically, they turn Don into the devil. And so that's where you get the idea of if you go out on Halloween and you go to, like, a cemetery, you're hanging out there, you might run into the devil. Right. Because if you were hanging out in a cemetery back in Gaelic times you might run into the god of death. <laughs> and so, essentially, that was... Oh, I guess I never finished why he was involved with the uh, with the origin. So, anyways, they sail out. Sorry, this is going back. I am... We're both very tired. I We apologize for this. <laughs> so, they're sailing out, and they're going around three times, and then a, a lightning bolt basically strikes his ship because he was the one that was like, no, fuck it, we're going in. Um, and they try to go in, and a lightning bolt strikes their ship, and all hands get lost, which is himself and then his 24 uh, first people. And because those people all died with him, he became known as the god of death, because they were the first deaths in the new land. Right. So. But Samhain is not dead. Uh, celebration of Samhain has actually continued to modern times, and has gained popularity once more due to the uh, rise in practice of Wicca. So. But uh, that's a conversation that I want to have because uh, I was doing research, obviously, to try and figure out more stuff about Samhain. And half of the links that I was finding were like modern day present uh, observations of Samhain. And then the other ones were obviously like more the historical side. Right. And so I read through both and I was like, okay, okay. There are definitely things that are very similar between the two. There are things that are the same. Which is good, because obviously the Wicca one is trying to follow the original one, as far as I can tell. Mm -hmm. Because that's kind of the whole idea of Wicca, right? And especially with Gaelic mythology and Celtic mythology, because it is very much in that vein that Wicca seems to be. So, they have a holiday that's Samhain as well, um, and that's fine. And it's the same sort of time frame, the same sort of stuff. Uh, it was placed basically between the, what is it, the uh, fall equinox and the winter solstice. Right. And basically, most of it's the same. There are some parts that stick out that I'm like, oh, that's really not the same at all. Um, one of my favorite ones that I saw was that one of their suggestions for how to celebrate Samhain was to visit a cemetery. What? And... Yeah, it was it was go visit a cemetery because then you can like reflect on your uh, on your um on your past uh your past family and whatnot. And, actually, like, actually, do all that you know sort of what? Stuff. You say the thing about the cemetery though, but that uh that's going to come up again why some people don't think that that's bad when we talk about Dia de los Muertos. Yes, it is. No, it absolutely is. Um and I think that that's probably part of it as well is that cemeteries have I think the view on cemeteries has really changed. Um, Absolutely. Because the view on cemeteries, especially back in the day, I think partially just due to the fact that some illnesses and some pestilence didn't go away right away with the body. Well... So if you were hanging out in a cemetery for any length of time, 
you had a fairly good chance of catching something. Right. So, for example, um, one of the more notable diseases that lingers um, is diphtheria. So, yes. in one of the local cemeteries where Alex and I are from, um, down in Inglesby, actually, Alex, uh, yes. around one of the family plots is a... You can you can still see the brick raised above the ground in a, in a giant square around this family's uh, graves. And I asked my grandmother yeah. about it when I was a kid because we used to kind of walk through the cemetery um, and sort of look at, at the headstones. And I asked her, why is there like a wall of brick around those ones? And they're they're fairly old. They're very simple um, headstones. Like they're, they're just rounded, say the people's names. But all of them died yeah. close to each other. And it's because they the whole family died of diphtheria, like one after the other, except for the father and one of the Ooh. sons. So the father and and uh, son who survived are actually buried just outside of the wall, while the rest of the family was buried inside of this wall. So what they did is they actually built like a giant stone-like tomb down into the ground around where they buried the family. And then for a long yeah. time, there had actually been a small stone wall topped by like spi a spiked fence around their right. graves and then once like 50 years had passed or something uh they took down like the the fence the the gated fence that protected the graves because your risk of then getting the disease had passed because it had been like dissipated into the ground makes sense but yeah so th there is in fact a, like a set of graves uh close to us that you could have caught the disease from yeah and i think that it's especially for those sorts of reasons and especially back in the day when they didn't really have the grasp on medicine that we do nowadays right you would just assume that it was some sort of bad omen or like bad luck that it occurred right so right. which i understand like yes we've come a long way but the whole idea of of wicca as far as i can tell is kind of returning to the pagan roots Right. So it just, it strikes me as odd that, like, one of their main suggestions is, like, the biggest no-no. Another uh, one is lighting fires, and I'm like, how are you going to light the fires unless you've, like, uh, put all the fires out and, like, gotten the fire from a communal fire? I mean, I think a lot of it, too, is, is different kinds of pagan roots. So you have, like, you know, yeah, pagan paganism from the Isles, and then you have more things like Germanic paganism. Or Norse paganism. And Norse paganism, fire is a big thing. Um, yes. As well as, like, honoring the dead with fire. So that is also, I think, a big part of it is that modern Wicca, some people criticize it because they are mixing different kinds of paganist beliefs. Well, and that's exactly... I would almost I would almost call the Samhain that Wiccans celebrate different than the Samhain that the Celtic would have celebrated. Yes. And there are... There are a subset of Wiccans that are trying to basically be as accurate to what we know of the Celtic traditions, and they're called Celtic reformists, basically. Right. Um, or Reconstructionists, sorry. And they are, uh, they're doing their damnedest, as far as I could tell, but there's not a huge amount of information about them, unfortunately. Uh, and even to begin with, there's not a huge amount of information about the Celtic religion, like... That's the big problem with the Celtic mythology is that, like, a lot of it we just kind of have to extrapolate as best we can from what we find because they, uh, they didn't record it as well as they could have. Right. So, but I also, I find it very interesting, and it's I like that you mentioned the Norse and whatnot because I find it really interesting that 
a lot of different cultures, and we obviously will touch on one of them, but a lot of different cultures around the world have very similar death celebrations. Yeah. Like, when I was reading all this stuff and, like, learning about uh, Sawin, immediately my brain goes, this sounds a lot like Obong, like like the Japanese, basically, celebration. And you know what? uh, I think think a lot of that has to do with... The world is not as small, like, or the, the world is not as large as we like to think it is. Even in the past, um, people were very interconnected. And, you know, North America oh, aside, yeah. like, and I'm talking, like, what we know of Native American practices. I'm talking, like, just Europea, like, uh, European and Asian celebrations. Like, they did not, like, they were not isolationist civilizations. Like... No. Whether or not you believed Marco Polo was a real person, there were expeditions from like Europe to India. There like there were people in Europe who had like silks and and stuff from China. So yeah. You know, we like to think that the modern day has has interconnected the world, but we've just done it faster. We just make it like you can talk to someone in Japan from Canada instantaneously back then yes. it took months of travel by caravan over land or long voyages at sea but like we we did it as a as, as a as a species we connected the world the romans literally built a road from rome yeah. to the coast of europe and then built a road across england like or the the uk like they did it there is a road that spans europe it was built by the Romans. Yeah. So, you know, the like I think the thing is people forget that when you have a mixing of cultures like that, there's going to be some overlap. People are going to borrow and steal things. And, you know, with the history of, of conquering that the world has, that Europe and, and Asia have, you know, a lot of people are going to start to take on similar beliefs. Um, Rome had a huge influence in terms of uh, European history and European beliefs and how widespread things are. Um, the Vikings traveled all the way down to, you know, the Black Sea. That was a thing that happened. There, there are going to be some other beliefs that, you know, ended up where they conquered. And then, you know, you get people like Genghis Khan, who literally conquered an entire subcontinent. Yep. Or even even the Ottoman Empire. Like, there's a reason certain religions are so widespread or certain practices are so widespread. And it's because of empires and, you know, an empire does what it does best. It, like, unifies people. Oh, yeah, no, 100%. So, um, you know, I think a lot of this overlap in terms of culture comes from the mixing of culture that we kind of forget happened. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like that the, I don't know. The, the lay person doesn't realize, like, just how much happened. Exactly. Because it's so easy to fall into the idea of, oh, I mean, they were just ancient people. They, like, they, they barely knew how to, what a wheel was. Yeah, like, they were uncivilized. You know, oh, they discovered fire, big whoop. Oh, like, some people didn't have wheels. Okay, yes, there was a lot of people who were impoverished and, you know, people lived simply. But there was also great trade and merchants and, like huge huge um you know uh accomplishments in terms of of economics and travel uh i mean if you want to talk about like just how far the world could have gone the thing is we don't know a lot about history in europe um or the west at least what we consider the west um 
post the Dark Ages because it was lost. Like the burning of the the Alexandrian and library. That's why they're called the Dark Ages? Yes, but you know, Asia didn't have a Dark Ages. The histories of of you know no. ancient Chinese empires of Japanese empires they have these written down going back like a thousand years, thousands of years. Yeah. Europe's history was lost with the burning of Alexandria, and we literally slipped into 300 years of relearning how to be a civilization. You know, we had some help because, thankfully, some of the manuscripts were preserved by Muslim priests and stuff in, in, you know, uh, Eastern Eastern Europe and... Uh, the Ottoman Empire, or what became the Ottoman Empire. But, like, Europe literally had to relearn how to do shit. And Asia and those places didn't. So, like, Earth civilization is actually backtracked, probably, they suspect, by a thousand years because of that loss of knowledge and culture. Pretty much, yeah. So, like, we could have been a thousand years more advanced than we are now. We could be in space by now. We could be Star Trek. We could be Star Trek. But we're not. We will be Star Trek. We got like what forty years, something like that. Anyways, we uh, we kind of we kind of went all over the place with that one. All right. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of the description of Salween. Um, so it's as you could tell, it's it's got a lot of markers that are similar enough to Halloween, and especially like some of the some of the basic stuff, like the dressing up in costumes, the trick or treat. There's a lot of it that you can see was very clearly borrowed shall we say, for Halloween? Right. So, but now why don't you, uh, why don't you take us on the, uh, the changing tide of, uh, religions and mythologies that, uh, occurred throughout the years and, uh, the next holiday that develops. All right. So, um, I'm just going to do a brief little sum up of some history on November 1st. So, okay. 1835, All Saints Day made compulsory by Pope Gregory the Fourth throughout the Frankish kingdom. So that's fun. Uh, 1210, King John of England begins imprisoning Jews. Jeez. 1348, the Black Death reaches London or on or about this date. Oh, wow. Uh, 1349, the Duke of uh, Brambent orders execution of all Jews in Brussels, accusing them of poisoning the wells. Good fucking Lord. What is the the Black (laughs) Death? What is the world's problem with Jews? The Jews were the cause of the Black Death. What is the world's problem with the Jews? Anti-Semitism is rampant globally. Always has been. I know, and there's no good reason for it. That you need a common enemy. I don't know. Um, The Jews are all right. (laughs) 1462, Archduke Albrecht VI van Hasburg occupies Vienna. 1570, All Saints Flood, tidal wave in North Sea, devastates the coast from Holland to Jutland, killing more than a thousand people. Wow. 1604, William Shakespeare's tragedy Othello first presented. Oh, cool. Uh, 1611, Shakespeare's romantic comedy Tempest first presented. Oh. Um, 1623, Fire... At Plymouth, Massachusetts, destroys several buildings. 1628, French King Louis VIII occupies... Oh, no, Louis Thirteenth. Jesus. Occupies La Rochelle. Oh, my. I know. Oh, hey, that's the, uh, that's the Sun King. 1671, French King Louis XIV and RC German Emperor Leopold I signed anti-Dutch treaty. Uh, <laughs> Louis XIV is the Sun King, actually, Alex. Oh, you're right. No, he is. You're absolutely right. So, 1683, the English Crown Colony of New York is subdivided into 12 counties. Uh, 1765, the Stamp Act goes into effect in British colonies. 
Um, Mary, uh, 18, or 1784, Maryland grants citizenship to Lafayette and his descendants. Uh, Lafayette being one of the friends of Alexander Hamilton, founding father oh, yes. of the United States. Um, 1800, John Adams becomes the first U.S. president to live in the White House. He was the second president. Um, yeah. 1814, Congress of Vienna reopen or opens to redraw the European political map after the f- defeat of France in the Napoleonic Wars. Yep. Um, 1834, first published reference to poker, um, as the Mississippi Riverboat Game. So, poker is American. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. 1848, the first U.S. Women's Medical School opens in Boston. Um, 1861, General George McClellan made General-in-Chief of Union Armies. Bunch of stuff in terms of the American Civil War. Um, (laughs) Uh, 1885, Pope Leo XIII publishes Encyclical Immortale Dei. Uh, 1886, Anada College, a leading Buddhist school in Sri Lanka, was established with 37 students. 1894, Nicholas II becomes new Tsar of Russia after his father, Alexander III, dies. Yeah. Um, 1896, first bare-breasted woman, Zulu, to appear in National Geographic magazine. Yeah. No, 1904, George Bernard Shaw's comedy play John Bull Other I- John Bull's Other Island premieres in London. Uh, 1910, the first issue of Crisis, published by editor W. E. B. Du Bois. 1913, less than a week after the U.S. non-intervention promise, President Woodrow Wilson demands the Mexican dictator Huerta resigns. <laughs> Uh, 1914, the German-British naval battle at Coronel, Chile. That's a really fun bit of Chilean history. Yeah. Uh, 1914, Paul von Hindenburg named Marshal of the Eastern Front. Um, 1919, British Admiral David Beatty becomes first Sea Lord. 1922, Mustafa Kemal Ataturk takes Constantinople from Mohammed VI, proclaiming the Republic of Turkey and bringing the end... To the Ottoman Empire. Oh, yes. Um, 1926, the U.S. Air Commerce Act passes. 1928, first celebration of Author's Day. Hey. Uh, 1928, Graf Zeppelin sets airship distance record of 600... Oh, wow. 6,384 kilometers. Jesus, Maya. So what you're uh, saying is it wasn't a Led Zeppelin. No. 1932, Werner Von Braun... Named head of German liquid fuel rocket program. 1935, yeah. T.S. Eliot's play Murder in the Cathedral premieres in London. Uh, 1936, Benito Mussolini describes alliance between Italy and Germany as an axis. 1937, Stalinists execute uh, by shooting Pastor Paul Hamburg and seven members of Azerbaijan's Lutheran community, including three women. Um... 1939, Pope Pius XII publishes encyclical Certum Legitae. I don't speak Latin. Um, 1941, Japanese naval staff officers Suzuki and Meijima arrive at Pearl Harbor. Uh Pearl Harbor happened on Halloween. Yes. Um, 1941, Ansel Adams shoots Moonrise Hernandez, New Mexico, one of his most famous photographs. Lots of other things. 1947, first Aloha Week parade in Hawaii. 1948, Mao's Red Army conquers Mukden, Manchuria. 1950, Puerto Rican nationalists try to kill U.S. President Harry Truman at the Blair House. Um, 1951, Johnny Mercer's Top Banana opens at Winter Garden Theater in New York City for 356 performances. 
That's a lot of performances. Uh, 1952, Mike Ivy, or wow, Ivy Mike, the first thermonuclear weapon to utilize the H-bomb design of he- Edward Teller and Sta- Stanislaw Ulam is detonated at the Marshall Islands. Um, 1954, General Ful- uh, Fulgen, oh shit, this is Spanish, I should know this. <laughs> Fulgencio Batista, elected president of Cuba. Very nice. Um, 1954, Joseph McCarthy uh, is admonished by the U.S. Senate because of slander campaigns. 1956, Nobel Prize for Physics awarded to William Shockley, Walter H. Brattain, and John Bardeen. Some more stuff published by the Pope in 1956. Um, <laughs> 1959, Montreal Canadien goaltender Jacques Plante becomes the first NHL netminder to wear a fiberglass protective face mask. Right. Which was important in terms of hockey. More Which nuclear means it's tests. Important in terms of Canada. Yes. More stuff in the states. Um, ooh, 1967. Cool Hand Luke, starring Paul Newman, George Kennedy, and Struther Martin, is released. Nice. Uh, 1971. Eisenhower dollar put into circulation. Um, 1977, U.S. President Johnny Carter raises the minimum wage from $2.30 to $3.35 an hour, effective from January 1st, 1981. Wow, What a good guy. Oh, 1979, Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Rice's musical Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat premieres. Hey! Um, I guess there's some more stuff. There was some University of Iowa shootings in 1991. Um, you got some big train crashes. You got Prohibition in England. One of the biggest earthquakes in Canada in 1935. Yeah. Um, some big bridges built. Oh, 1958, Switzerland uh, um, ban nuclear testing or something for a while. Cool. For a while. Um, ooh, 1967. Uh, in the U.S., uh, a bunch of servicemen were court-martialed for smoking marijuana. Nice. It's relevant today, I think. Relevant for us, yes. Um, ooh, 1986, mad cow disease. The first case was found in England. Oh, that's good, I guess. Um, 2005, the U.S. Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld had refused the United Nations Commission access to inmates at Guantanamo Bay. Right. 2006, Nelson Mandela is appointed ambassador of conscience. Woo! Um, in 2006 as well, the uh, RAF in Colombia... Atta- do a bunch of attacks, kill people, you know, RAF. Mm. Um, oh, 2013, Germany allowed a third gender. Germany is the first European country to allow ba- parents of babies who were born with characteristics, characteristics of both sexes to leave the gender line on the birth certificate blank. This was done to alleviate pressure over choosing a gender and performing surgery on the intersex newborns that could cause physical and emotional harm throughout their lives. That's people of the third thinking. gender would have it designated by an X on their passports. Yay, Germany. Very cool. Um, just trying to see if there's anything else interesting on this day. Well, uh, 1990, Margaret Thatcher's original government resigns. Oh, 1990, rhetoric escalates as George Bush likens Saddam Hussein to Adolf Hitler. Jesus. Oh, Titanic premiered in 1997. Nice. And that looks like it's it. Well, I mean, except for the most important thing. Most important thing being the very first thing I said on the historical list, which is 835, All Saints Day made compulsory by Pope Gregory IV throughout the Frankish Kingdom. Now, 
probably asking, what is All Saints Day? Are you asking that, Alex? What is All Saints Day? You are asking that. I, I, yes. Basically, All Saints Day, also known as All Hallows Day, or Hallowmas, is the day after All Hallows Eve, Halloween. It is a feast day celebrated on the 1st of November by Anglicans and Roman Catholics. So basically, it's an opportunity for believers to remember all saints and martyrs, um, known and unknown, throughout the Christian history. And it's um, a day of obligation, so believers are required to attend church and try not to do any servile work. Um, so it's for remembering saints and martyrs, and um, it's it's been a like uh, a tradition um, since about the fourth century A.D. But it wasn't until six oh nine. That Pope Boniface the Fourth uh, decided to remember all the martyrs, um, and originally it was the 13th of May that was designated as the feast of all holy martyrs. Though later in 1837, like I said, or 1835, depending on how you go, um, Pope Gregory the Fourth extended the festival to remember all saints, changing its name to the Feast of All Saints and changing the day to November 1st. Um, so the Feast of the All Saints. Um, also ties in with All Souls Day, which kind of has to do with our next topic as well. Um, so All, Sa- All, S- All Souls Day is November 2nd, or 3rd if the 2nd is a Sunday, um, and it directly follows All Saints Day, and it's just another thing to com- commemorate the dead. Um, so well, All Souls Day is more general than All Saints Day. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think here without giving too much away about your thing um (laughs) i mean you can mention it we'll just we'll elaborate on it in a second okay so basically it's just like they're so intertwined so they really are um directly following all saints day it's an opportunity for roman catholics and anglo-catholic churches to commemorate the faithfully departed so they pray for the souls of people uh who are in purgatory um basically a place in which those who have died atone for their less grave sins before being granted the vision of god in heaven or the the um uh beatific vision so basically the reasoning comes from the notion that when a soul leaves the body it's not entirely cleansed so uh through the power of prayer and self-denial the faithful left on earth may be able to help these souls gain the beatific vision they seek um bringing the soul eternal happiness um this is a pr- like, that's right praying for the dead you've is, got to is apologize a... not just for your oh go ahead yeah oh, no no continue you're what you're gonna say is very important i was gonna say you 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 don't just you don't just have to apologize for yourself you have to apologize for everybody else as well right so this is actually a common practice not only in catholicism but um in terms of um recitation of prayers for the dead after they die is also a common practice in judaism um, I, the reciting yes. of the Kadith happens. It's for a period of days after the uh, death of a family member. And a, um, the family, immediate family especially, um, recite certain prayers um, for, I think, like a week afterwards, a month afterwards, six months, and then up to a year afterwards. Like, there's particular, there's a series of prayers you do that are supposed to help the soul of your loved one um, move on type of thing. I have to wonder if that is something that developed from the old practice of uh, just basically repeating the de- uh, deceased's name. Um, I believe it's like something similar. Um, and we know that, like, uh, Christ- Christianity, Judaism, and Islam are all intertwined. They're all Abrahamic religions. Um, yes. They all feature common, common origin stories, which people like to forget. Um, yeah. There are certain stories that are... That are 
like across all three of the religions, including Noah, Jesus, uh, Abraham and his sons. Um, like quite a bit of the basically the Old Testament exists in all three religions. Yeah, it, it's the it's what follows the Old Testament that is debated. Um, also the position of Jesus. But <coughs> anyways, yes. um. So both the Feast of All Saints and the Feast of All Souls evolved uh, in the life of the church independently from practices of paganism and Halloween. So although they are independent, elements of pagan practices were kind of baptized by some cultures or attached themselves to these celebrations. So the Feast of All Saints, um, it's kind of uncertain where it comes from beyond uh, the legalization of Christianity in 313. Um, and it's, like I said, the the commemoration of saints and martyrs. Um, in the east, the city of Edessa celebrated the feast on May 13th. The Syrians, it was on the Friday after Easter. And in the city of Antioch, the first Sunday after Pentecost. Um, so both St. Ephraim, uh, 373, uh, year 373, and St. John Cryostome in the year 407 attest this feast day in their preaching. So in the West, the commemoration for saints was celebrated on the first day after Pentecost, like in Antioch. And the primary reason for establishing a common feast day was because of the desire to honor a great number of martyrs, especially during the persecution of Emperor Emperor De, uh, Diocletian, uh, between who was in power between 284 and 305. So um, there were not enough days of the year for a feast for each martyr, and many of them died in groups. So a common <laughs> feast day for all saints seemed appropriate. So in 609, the emperor Focus gave the Pantheon of Rome to Pope Boniface IV, who rededicated it on May 13th under the title of Saint Maria and Martyrs, or Saint Mary and All Martyrs. Uh, whether the Holy Father purposely chose May 13th because of the date of popular celebration already established in the East, or whether this was a coincidence is open to debate. <laughs> so Pope Gregory III dedicated dedicated English an oratory in the original St. Peter's Basilica in honor in honor of all saints on November 1st at least on some accounts. Um mm. then it kind of it was it was proclaimed as you know the day through the whole Holy Roman Empire and uh sacramentaries of the 9th and 10th centuries also placed the feast of all saints on the liturgical calendar on November 1st. So some customs that kind of come from All Saints Day. Um, in Portugal, Spain, Mexico, offerings uh, in Portuguese, ofrendas, ofrendas, and in Spanish, ofrendas, are made on this day. In Spain, the day, the, the, the plain Don Juan Tenorio is traditionally performed. It's a good play. Um, in Mexico, All Saints Day coincides with the celebration of Dia de los Inocentes. Uh, day of the Innocents, the first day of the Day of the Dead, so Dia de los Muertos, um, honoring deceased children and infants. In Portugal, children celebrate, uh, I don't know what that's supposed to say because my computer messed up the accent, something por Dios tradition, <laughs> um, por Deus, sorry, Portuguese, and go door to door where they receive cakes, nuts, and pomegranates. Uh, this only occurs in some areas around Lisbon. Um, in Austria, Belgium, France, Hungary, Italy, Luxembourg, Malta, Portugal, Spain, and American cities such as New Orleans, people take flowers to the graves of dead relatives. In Poland, the Czech Republic, Sweden, Finland, Slovenia, Slovakia, Lithuania, Croatia, Austria, Romania, Moldova, Hungary, and Catholic parts of Germany, the tradition 
The tradition is to light candles and visit the graves of deceased relatives. In the Philippines, this day is called Undas, Todos los Santos, literally all saints, and sometimes Arawa Matapatay, or more or less the Day of the Dead. It's observed as All Souls Day, and this day is one this day and the one before and the one after is spent visiting graves of deceased relatives where prayers and flowers are offered. Candles are lit and graves themselves are cleaned, repaired, and repainted. In English-speaking countries, the festival is traditionally celebrated with a hymn for all the saints by William How- William Walsham Howe. The most familiar tune for the hymn is Sine Nomine by Ralph Vaughan Williams, and Catholics generally celebrate with a day of rest consisting of avoiding physical exertion. Just an all-around lazy day. Yeah. Yeah, my kind of day. Yeah, so that's basically a sum-up of that day. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, if it weren't for the religious overtones, I could definitely get behind that one. Yeah, it's a, that's a pretty Catholic shit Not having on. to worry about anything. Yeah. Yeah, there is that side of things. However, the next day's even more fun. Yes. Um, I mean, minus some Jewish massacres and shit through history. Oh, um, Jesus. More of those? Yeah. Uh, People just can't get over the Jews. November 2nd of 1783, General George Washington, later the first U.S. president, bids farewell to his army after the American Revolutionary War. Nice. Um, what a nice guy. 15, 1852, Franklin Pierce selected as president of the United States. Um, 1859, abolitionist John Brown found guilty of murder. Oh, boy. Uh, wow, some bunch of presidents were elected on this day. 1898 cheerleading begins in the United States as Johnny Campbell leads the crowd cheering on the uh, on the football team at University of Minnesota. Interesting. Nice. Um, let's see. 1917 Balfour Declaration proclaims support for a Jewish state in Palestine. Another presidential election. Um, 1928 Dmitry <laughs> Shostakovich's first symphony premieres in Philadelphia. Oh yeah. Um. Ooh, 1934, MLB show. All-Star team led by Connie Mack and including Babe Ruth, Jimmy Fox, and Lou Gehrig start 18-game tour against the Japanese Big Six University League. Oh, wow. 1936, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation is established. Yes. Um. And they've been making disappointing television ever since. Yes, but I think this was the radio in 1936. I mean, yes, but... Okay. <laughs> my, you're killing my joke. 1955, David Ben-Gurion forms Israeli government. Nice. Ooh, 1957, first titanium mill opened in Toronto, Ohio. I saw Toronto. Oh, that's confusing. <laughs> right? Um, ooh, 1963. I'm not even going to attempt to say that name. The president of South Vietnam is overthrown and assassinated in a coup. Oh, boy. Um, 1964, Faisal succeeds Saud as king of Saudi Arabia. Um, 1969, 41-year-old Detroit center Gordie Howe picks up his 19th and final NHL hat trick as the Red Wings beat Pittsburgh Penguins 4-3. Howe is the oldest player to score an NHL hat trick. Gordie Howe. Right. 1973, Barbara Streisand and Other Musical Instruments airs on CBS TV. <laughs> did they, did they just imply that Barbara Streisand was a musical instrument? I think you just told me that CBC implied... That Barbara Streisand was a musical instrument. It says, 1973, Barbara Streisand, dot, 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 and other musical instruments airs on CBS TV. Yeah, okay, so CBS absolutely just said that Barbara Streisand was a musical instrument. <laughs> Apparently. Do you disagree? Can I learn to play the Barbara Streisand, please? <laughs> uh, absolutely, maybe. 
Absolutely, maybe. <laughs> 1983, U.S. President Ronald Reagan signs bill establishing Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. Nice. 1983, thriller single released worldwide by Michael Jackson. Yes. Wait, it released <clears throat> after Halloween? Yeah. MJ, you missed the ball on that one, buddy. 1987, George Harrison releases Cloud Nine and McCartney releases All the Best. <laughs> 1988, Mexican radio station erroneously reports Mike Tyson dies in a car crash. Oh, gosh. Not Mike Tyson. 1989, Black Outer Goes Forth, final episode, Goodbye, stars uh, Rowan Atkinson and Toby Robinson, written by Richard Curtis and Ben Elton. was aired, the last episode. For those of you who have not watched Black Outer, it is the gold of British comedy. Yeah, it's brilliant. Rowan Atkinson being of Mr. Bean fame is just amazing in Black Adder. It's basically like a rewrite of history with like with reoccurring characters. It's fantastic. Um, 1993, actor R- Roger Moore has his enlarged prostate removed. That must have been a problem. <laughs> 1993, Rudy Giuliani wins the New York mayoral election, becomes the first Republican mayor since 1965. Anyone following current politics in the world will know that Rudy Giuliani is... The current lawyer for John Donald J. Trump. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. I don't see what the problem is. It's funny. In 2004, that George W. Bush is re-elected as President of the United States. Um, 2017, Jerome Powell nominated by U.S. President Trump to be the next chair of the Federal Reserve. And that's about all we got for this day in history. Fair. Oh, wait. On a good one. I missed. 2016, Chicago Cubs beat Cleveland Indians 8-7 in in Game 7 at Progressive Field, Cleveland. The first Cubs baseball World Series win in 108 years. The Cubs, in 2016, broke their curse. Right. I remember hearing about that. Yes. So. Yeah. Fun times. Would you like to tell us about your spookiness, Alex? Oh, gosh. I'm so excited. Also, that's a misconception. This holiday is actually not spooky at all. No, I love it. It's my favorite. <laughs> also, also, yeah, this is but... the part where I'm going to listen to Alex pronounce Spanish things. Yeah, and frequently tell me off, I'm sure. Okay. All right. Well, anyways, while Halloween and its forebears are certainly an integral part of the fall season, which we've talked about, they're not the only celebrations that occur around this time. As we've already talked about, there's All Saints Day, All Souls Day, things like that. But in a case of convergent evolution, courtesy of the Catholic Church, Dia de los Muertos, or the Mexican Day of the Dead, is another holiday that begins November 1st and lasts until the following evening. Dia de, lo... ah. Dia de los Muertos is probably the second most famous celebration to occur in this time frame. It's honestly quite possibly more known to some of our listeners than even All Saints Day or All Souls Day are. I think everybody obviously knows All Hallows' Eve, because we all know Halloween. Mm -hmm. But I think only the really religious ones probably, off top of their head, remember All Saints Day. But I'm sure we've all heard of Dia de los Muertos, so... Think Calaveras and painting your face like a skull. Yes, exactly. We're we're getting to that, so... Dia de los Muertos... God damn it, that's not the right way to say that. Dia de los Muertos finds its origins long before the arrival of European settlers. Celebrations resembling current Dia de de los Muertos rituals have existed in Mexico for over 3,000 years and were performed by the Toltec peoples native to Mexico. So that's like the Aztecs, the uh, Inca, just pretty much everybody that was in the area. There are, of course, differences between these celebrations and the Day of the Dead. The Toltecs celebrated for an entire month, not two days. 
And the actual celebration occurred in the summer, which I actually didn't mention, but uh, Sawween was very similar. Sawween was also in the summer, uh, but they both got moved. Uh, the spirit and nature of both rituals are in practice quite similar. Those wishing to celebrate Dia de los Muerto- Muertos will need to procure for themselves an altar upon which to make ofrendas to deceased loved ones. These offerings would generally include things like water for the thirsty spirits, and Pan de Muertos, a sweetbread made specifically for the Day of the Dead. Dia de los Muertos celebrations are actually split into two different parts, which Maya kind of touched on earlier. Dia de los, in- Dia de los Inocentes in- on November 1st, and the titular Dia de los Muertos on November 2nd. So, while Halloween is seen as a somber time where death is both a hazard and a source of sorrowful reflection, Dia de los Muertos is a proper festival, with all the dancing, laughing, and drinking that that entails. In contrast to uh, Samhain, where you are warned away from cemeteries, Dia de los Muertos celebrations tend to end up in the cemeteries, where families can share stories of lost loved ones and guide their spirits back to their resting places. According to Aztec legend, the dead live on Imictlan, which is a a paradisical afterlife that one should not be said to travel to. I think we talked about that when we talked about... um, the uh, Quetzalcoatl. Yes, we very much did. So, uh, it's said to be a paradisical afterlife. Oh, we already said that. In contrast to Halloween and Halloween's funerary vibes, Dia de los Muertos is more reminiscent of a wake. So, like, basically celebrating the dead instead of being sadly reflective of the dead. Dia de los Muertos is also gaining a lot of popularity outside of Mexico, due in a large part to the influx of Mexican emigrants to the USA. This is reflected aptly by Hollywood, which premiered two different Dia de los Muertos-themed movies within the same year, that being Coco and The Book of Life. Indeed, the very image of the Calavera Catrina is so uh, prevalent that it has shaped Mexican art and culture since its inception during Mexico's dictatorial... Dictatorial... That word is so hard to say. Dictatorial days. So Katrina is an elegant female skeleton, typically depicted in French finery, and many women paint their faces to emulate Katrina's looks during Dia de, la, Dia de los Muertos celebrations. Can so I be done with? Can I be done with Spanish pronunciations now? Why did now? you ha- write Dia de los Muertos so many times? Because I needed to challenge myself. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> But so, also because it does, it's not right to call it Day of the Dead. It's Dia de, de los Muertos. Like it's that's I'm the so name of, of you, the Alex. actual holiday. I'm so proud of you. Are you? <laughs> I really am. It wasn't as bad as you expected it to be. <laughs> no. Um, um, so so I have an experience with um, Dia de los Inocentes. When I was in Ecuador, yes, um, I was there for for this celebration, obviously, and uh, South, a lot of South American countries are very Catholic, so there's also like Catholic esque celebrations involved in this. And we actually went and got a, it was called like a pan de niño. It was like a or something like similar to that. It was a little sweet bread shaped like a little boy or a girl. It was like oh. shaped like a child, and it was about the size of like a small baby. And they decorated it with like eyes and a mouth, kind of like a gingerbread man, right? And then you were supposed to eat it, and then also drink a cup of juice that was, like, red like blood. So it was very, like, Catholic-esque in, like, the, you know, the, the communion. The body of Christ shed for you. The, yeah. <laughs> the blood of Christ given for you. Yeah, but it's, like, you eat this bread and drink this this special juice, and it's supposed to, like, you're, you're honoring, like, dead children and dead people, and kind of, like, you're taking them into you so that they have eternal life. Okay, that makes sense. 
That's yeah. an interesting way. I didn't mention it either, but um, this holiday is more of a southern Mexican thing. Um, it doesn't. It's not really celebrated much north of Mexico City. Yeah, but uh, it's definitely a fun one. And uh, I will probably this year be painting my face. Maybe there might be pictures. Yeah, I, I might be painting my face uh, while I'm working to look like uh, the Calavera Catrina. You might go as Catrina. Nice. I might. That'd be that'd be very cool. It's honestly that's one of my favorite things about the holiday is the look of the calaveras um, and like the uh, the sugar skulls and everything. Like it's yeah. so fascinating. Um, I yeah. So I, I, I may just... paint my face like a sugar skull because I have to work and. Uh, we record this podcast in advance, so we're lying when we say it's today. Um, I'm working currently, <laughs> and uh, we'll be true, painting yes. my face probably like when I when that you're up. listening to this. I'm probably not working, but I probably did work. <laughs> you're probably asleep. I hope that I am. Yes, but we'll see. But yeah, no. Um, as as awesome as it is that Dia de los Muertos is becoming uh, so like widespread and so well known and so appreciated it does definitely raise the question of cultural appropriation because you look at as i was just mentioning coco and you look at the book of life i think coco more than the book of life um i don't know that it was written by anybody uh in any way shape or form latino it seems with these kinds of stories that it's usually white people that go i like the idea of that let's let's take that and use it um, um, I haven't seen Coco, but I've seen uh, Book of Life, and Book of Life seems, to me, fairly accurate, as far as I could tell. No, it, exactly, and that's what I mean. Like, I don't think it's as much with uh, with Book of Life, and I haven't seen either, so, like, I really can't say anything. Like, I'm talking on my ass here, but it does seem like the sort of thing where Hollywood went, oh, this is getting kind of popular. Let's, uh, let's jump on this bandwagon. Um... Book of Life was really fun because it pretty much showed, like, Mictlan and, like, the afterlife. So it showed, like, three different afterlifes and kind of was a fun adventure of, like, teaching these kids about, you know, what Halloween and Day of the Dead and stuff were. So it was kind of fun and educational. Um, Coco, from what I can tell, kind of seems like a boy, a human boy lost in the afterlife, like, with his dead relatives. Yeah, that's what it definitely seems to be. And he has a guitar, and it's like him singing all over like the realm of the dead, and his family trying to get him back. Well, to he the has land a guitar because it's it's his father's guitar, but his father's dead, right? So right. <clears throat> yeah, I know a little bit about the thing, but not much. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's just a fascinating holiday, and like that's actually one thing that uh, one of the articles that I was reading about Dia de, lo, Dia de los Muertos. God, every time. I, I don't have the mouth for it. Um, there was a gentleman that was actually, I think it was a gentleman, that, that was specifically talking about um, the fact that it's like being brought into these other cultures and changed a little bit by that, but like all that sort of stuff. And he was all for it. Like he was like, hey, this is awesome. I'm just, I'm glad that it's being celebrated and I'm glad that people are enjoying it. And like culture is not static. So I suppose that a lot of the time we have these worries about cultural appropriation, but at the same time, maybe it's not cultural appropriation so much as cultural transformation. Yeah, I know. One sec. <laughs> that dog is very insistent. Diesel, get upstairs! Get upstairs! Go! Another thing that I wanted to touch on, uh, just briefly, 
is, uh, and this kind of relates back actually to what we were talking about when we talked about Quetzalcoatl. Um, but the entire reason that uh, Calacas and the Sugar Skulls are so associated with Dia de los Muertos is a little bit darker, I think, than a lot of people realize. Um, and that goes all the way back to the Toltec people, and as we were saying, especially the Aztecs. Um, but it goes back to the whole idea that back in the day, there was a lot of... People didn't get along as well as they seem to nowadays in the same areas. And there was a lot of infighting between the different Toltec peoples. And one of the things that they would tend to do is if they managed to beat you and, like, kill you, they would take your skull and have it as a trophy. Um, and so that's kind of where the whole idea of, like, the entire, like, the calavera and whatnot comes from is actually from people's skulls that were used to adorn these altars yeah so it's uh it's kind of it's 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 one of those things where it like oh it's it's neat and it's super cool but then it's like there's actually a super grisly and like terrible story behind it yay i mean to be fair that's kind of all of the things though yes this is true like for example the song ring around the rosy well, that, yes and no. It's actually about the Black Plague. That's what everybody says, but I'm pretty sure that that's been disproven. Oh, yeah? I think so. Like, that's, and no, that's exactly it. Like, that's exactly where my brain goes to, but I, and I don't know, I don't know which one's the truth anymore. I don't know if it was that it is or that it was disproven, because I've heard both, and I don't know which one's the reality. But anyways, no matter what, it definitely seems to be, and that's the more important thing nowadays. Because things don't have to be true, they just have to be believed. Welcome to media in the 21st century. According <laughs> to Snopes, it is false. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Uh, which is too bad. But as I say, like it doesn't matter. The story is still there. And so the story is still true, even if the uh, fact is not. Darn. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I broke your heart. That's okay. One of these days, I'll make up for the friggin' hills. Oh well. So yeah, um, another thing that I wanted. Yes, one day. Another thing that I wanted to touch on briefly that I find interesting because it's kind of a connection point between all three of the holidays we talked about today. Um, and part of that is due to the influence of Christianity, but and I actually I I want to go back and take back what I said because I was wrong. Sawin was not moved. It was. It was a longer celebration, but it was at the same time as what it is nowadays. That was not right. something that Christianity changed. That one was already like that. But I think it's interesting that between Samhain and Halloween and Dia de los Muertos, you have this period right at the end of October and the beginning of November where it is basically said in every single one of these holidays that the barrier between life and death is at its weakest. Right. And I think that it's really interesting that, like, all three of these things choose the same time of the year for that to be the case. It almost gives it a sort of uh, para-significance, I'd say, because it's not a real significance, but it's definitely, like, a perceived significance. Right. Um, it It is, you know, it is hurt a little bit by the fact that Dia de los Muertos was initially celebrated in the summer, but then if you think about that, that actually connects also with Obon. Because Obon is celebrated in August. And so it's uh, basically any sort of closing out of the summer, beginning of the winter, I think, is essentially where you tend to see that. You see it at the border between seasons. You see it at the border between times. Because if it's the border to these things already, then what's to say it's not the border as well between life and death? True. Especially back in the day, you could look at 
the weather changing and things becoming, uh, like, basically when winter sets in, how everything starts to kind of die and everything starts to just get, like, more, uh, it goes to sleep or it dies or anything like that. The leaves fall, they change color, different, uh, anything like that, basically. And you could, you could very easily say that the world is dying and then the world is coming back to life when it comes to the spring and the summer. So you can definitely see where they're getting this idea of the connection between the two worlds. Right. I didn't think to check. I didn't think to check, but I get the feeling that the uh, holiday that is directly opposite of Samhain is probably also got some measure of that sort of idea with the barrier between the two worlds being weaker than it would be otherwise. But unfortunately, I didn't do full research because we kind of jumped to this one kind of quick. So I didn't uh, didn't get the chance to do everything. Yeah. But, uh... but yeah, that's um, that's pretty much Dia de los Muertos. Um, and before that, we talked about Samhain and Halloween, well, and All Saints Day. So that kind of rounds out the trifecta of holidays right along this time of the year. It does indeed. But uh, I don't know what else we can say about it at this at this time. Yeah, I think anything else that we want to say about things, we are probably going to have to uh, get into like some sort of supplementary. Which, luckily, as Maya and I were discussing, we actually might be able to do something like that. We are planning on at least having something out for you guys. But uh, we should have the thing that we were hoping to have out for you guys. So that should be fun. Yeah. And we figured oh. because it's the end of the season, it's the end of uh, this... Well, the Celts believed that it was the end of the year. Um, we are thinking that for this episode, for this episode of Behind the Spook, we'll actually release it publicly. So it will be on our Patreon. That's where you'll have to find it. But it will be available to everybody. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think that wraps up our Halloween episode for you for the year of 2018. Yes, I think so. I hope that, uh, hope that it was interesting in some way, shape or form and that uh, you come away with it with a little bit more knowledge of things than you uh, had when you began. Um, so I've been Maya. And I've been Alex. And, uh, what did we learn today, Alex? Oh, I think we learned that, uh, if you go out at night... At the time of fright, then uh, you might meet the devil, but it's also possible that he's just a god of the dead and is not actually a bad guy. Oh, I like that. That's a, that, that, that's a good thing. Dark is not evil. This is true. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyways, happy Halloween, <laughs> folks. Be safe. Have fun. Yes, have a- Eat all the candy. Have a spoopy Halloween. Get home safe. Um, for those of our- for those listeners not in North America, um- have fun doing whatever it is you do. Happy All hey, Saints if, if Day. Happy Dia de los Muertos. Happy Halloween if you celebrate. Have a good and, harvest uh, festival. Yes, good strong harvest festival. Snow is here in Car- where I am, so fall is over and winter is coming. Carve yourself a turnip or a pumpkin if you uh, if you're in the tw- if you're part of the modern century. Or gourd. You can do a gourd if you want. You could do a gu- gourd. That'd be pretty fun. Just don't carve Gord Downey. This is true. The Spoop Files is not representative of or endorsed by any of the institutions referenced by the program. The opinions expressed during the show are the host's own, and any advice offered during the program is only to be followed at the listener's expense. Have an idea for a mystery or a cryptid the Spoop Files team should investigate? Let us know. You can send us an email at thespoopfiles at gmail.com. Or, if you moved into the 21st century, you can tweet us at thespoopfiles too much writing send us a quick pic on instagram at the spook files
Hello, Spook Files listeners. This is Alex, and I realized that we didn't actually have anything super fun or compelling to add to the end of the episode as like a blooper or anything, so I just figured I would close out season one of the Spook Files by uh, wishing you all a happy Halloween and hoping that uh, everything is going well with you. We are super excited to bring you season two, which will be beginning next week, so you'll uh, hopefully enjoy it, and yeah, that's basically all I had to say. This is probably longer than a normal one of these, because I'm recording it now, and it's just a thing to say. Also, sorry that uh, the Behind the Spoop is actually not coming out today. Um, We did not record yesterday, so we'll have to get that out to you at a future date. Anyways, thank you very much. Happy Halloween, happy Sawween, and uh, happy uh, Dia de los Muertos to uh, all of you out there. Bye bye